1: So the, the, the subject this morning, it's gone viral, and um, I, I want you to think of something that you know of that's gone viral. We'll get to the point of my message in a few minutes, but there's one that uh, rests in my mind, and maybe because I follow the football, but um, a few years back, the AFL, uh, the AFL, in all their wisdom, decided to contract a singer called Meatloaf to sing. And if there's one clip on the uh, on the internet that gets played over and over and over again it's this guy called Meatloaf who apparently can sing but on the clip uh just something went wrong. Uh, how many people have seen that or heard that? Most people know about it whether you've watched the clip or not you would have heard about it. Uh there's a whole bunch of other things on the internet that go viral as well. For me, you know, I like the ones where you see a forklift it's lifted up another forklift, it's lifted up another forklift to fix an air conditioner on some you know, Chinese apartment building and, and, and there's multiple forklifts all up there and then suddenly it starts to wobble and you think, oh no, that one's in trouble. There's many other things uh, that, that make the news and they grab our interest. Some of you will remember way back then, I'm not sure which one it was, Britain's Got Talent or whatever, and I think her name was Susan Boyle, is that right? And uh, I can remember when she she stood up to sing, I, I didn't watch the show, but I seen it later on because everyone heard about it. She stood up to sing and this, um, uh, how can I say, this dowdy looking woman uh, began to sing and blew everyone away. She just, uh, it, it, it was really quite amazing. Now we occupy our lives with all these silly viral clips, don't we? Some people are thinking, should I say yes, should I say no? The reality is, the reality is though, if it grabs our interest, it, it sort of like takes away, takes us away from whatever it is we're doing for a few moments. Sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. There are so many things that happen. Most of the things that go viral, I'm sure if Meatloaf could, um, a funny name for a singer, isn't it? Meatloaf. <laughs> Why not like roast chicken or something? I don't know. Um, I, I'm sure if he had his time over, he would prefer that it didn't make the internet. Uh, Because the reality is, the reason why people keep watching it is they think it's funny, but he's the subject of ridicule. When you think about it, people are watching him at a point at which whatever the reasons were for it not going as well, he's the point of ridicule and it's gone viral around the world. Everyone's watching, everyone's considering it. Do you know another clip that went viral was the, I think it's the wildebeest, you know, crossing the river in Africa and uh, crocodiles and everything else trying to attack them. And it just got played over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, it was fascinating to see so many wildebeest. It was fascinating to see the competition of nature, if you like. Um, it goes over and over and over again. And, but the reality is there's no real point to some of those things, now, all of us know we're living through a pandemic and COVID-19 is, uh, is a term, you know, when I first heard it, I, first thing I heard was, because I'm not a medical person, I heard of this coronavirus and I'm thinking, oh, this is not sounding good. And then start, people started quoting COVID-19 I'm like, oh, is that its name? It's got a specific name. And, and eventually I got educated about what it all meant. But the reality is, you know, it's affected everyone, everywhere. Um, and we're going to take a moment now and pray. But you know, again in India, four hundred thousand cases. It's horrific what's happening there. And uh, as most of you already know, the the reality of what's happening on the ground is far worse than than we would understand or know. So I'd like you to bow your heads for a moment and let's just pray again that God works a miracle, Father. Uh, w- when we see and hear these things, where both shocked and horrified, we can't imagine the suffering that people are experiencing. Not only those who are suffering and dying, but those who are losing their loved ones, who are in desperation trying to find the the resources they need or the oxygen they need. Father, we just pray that somehow, some way, you would work a miracle in that country, and that this whole thing would somehow be arrested and uh, and decrease in its impact. Father, we pray for. For wisdom, for those who are in leadership rather than looking to line their own pockets, rather that they would somehow, some way make decisions that are going to make a significant difference for the people I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. As a result of what's happening with the pandemic around the world, the reality is, um, the internet has been the, the center of everything that's going on. Been the center in regard to the information. It's been the center because so many people have worked from home and they're, they're on the net. It's been the center because there are so many truths and untruths distributed via the internet. Here's some of what I think that has dominated people's thinking. And these are my statements. Um, first one is this the government's got it all wrong, both the federal and state. And you know, we'll talk about our own nation. This is something that people are thinking. And these are statements that I've written from what I've read. Second one is this, the virus is nowhere near as deadly as people make out. And there are so many people that have been saying that for so long. The third is this, this is the end times and the vaccine is the mark of the beast and the government will trace what we do if we take it. I'll talk to some of these things in a few moments. The fourth is this, some people say the whole thing is a hoax and that those who died did not die from the virus. Some people are suggesting we should lock ourselves away from society hoping that we can stay safe. And some people are resisting any government directive believing that they are safe by themselves. People believe what they read and they act on it on both sides of the equation. They quote research research and they don't know whether the research is made up or whether it's true. They quote statistics which we don't know most of the time where they come from and all sorts of things are going on. People get onto the internet and the logarithms actually keep them going in the direction that they want to go. Have you ever tried to buy something or look at something on the internet? The other day I was looking for a garden shed, not a, not a garden shed but a shed for the paddock. I was just interested, I wanted to see how much they were. And now, you know what, I get bombarded with ads about sheds. Well that's okay, the trouble is people get a particular mindset and when they get, uh, get some idea about that, what happens is both social media and Google and everyone else, they all collude together to keep you on track with what you think about and it keeps feeding you what you want to hear because their goal is not to tell you the truth. Their goal is to keep you interested in, in, in what's going on, so they can keep advertising to you. And, and and what's really sad is too many people get tricked by what's going on. Now I, I'll say some things, and they're my personal view, as opposed to the view of the church. And I wanna I wanna make that very clear. But so many people get tricked. It's true that the media don't tell, you know, we're naive if we think the media tells the truth all the time. They don't. What they want to do is they want to sell newspapers. And if you're not sure, just go down to Coles or Woolworths every day of every week and you will see one of the magazines that tells you one of the royal families are getting a divorce. They probably will drop the Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth divorce thing soon, now because of a result of what's happened. But, but it's, it's, what, what happens is the media do what they do. They say outlandish things. They try and avoid getting in trouble, but they do whatever they can to get you to pick up their magazine or their newspaper and to hear what it is that, that they're trying to say. There have been so many times where stories have been beaten up when something insignificant happened. And it's not right. It's not fair. And unfortunately, too many people believe what they read. Some people go to to sources that are known for their, uh, their ability to peddle untruth. Other people try and find a source which they think is always true, only to find that there's a particular bias right or left with that particular source. What we need to do is understand that the world we live in it's not about telling the truth, it's about gaining access to you and your resources so that the world can continue to grow and expand on the basis of what they want, not what you need or want. And what we need to do is ensure that we're no longer naive. You know, Jesus spoke of being, spoke of being as crafty as serpents or as wise as serpents. We've got to exercise what we've got here, not only what we've got here. Too many people are being moved by their emotions and their feelings and not enough people are thinking about what they, what's being said and what's being heard. And we've got to, we're to take a hold of what's going on around about us and approach it in a different way. The reality of what's happening is what's, coming, what's inside of a person is actually coming out. And so, you know, Facebook or Instagram or anyone, Twitter or whatever, what's inside of a person is coming out, out of them where it may not normally have come out. And it's interesting to note. Jesus said this in Matthew 15, 10 to 20, he said this. Jesus called the crowd to him and he said, Listen and understand, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. The disciples came to him and asked do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? And he replied, Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, they will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. The virus and the circumstances around it and our responses have actually shown what's inside of people. The way people have responded, the things that they have said, it's come from in here and it's come out and ended up on here somewhere. And we need to be clear on that. It's not the circumstances that are the problem, it's what's going on inside of the heart of a man or a woman. And we need to be careful that we're we're not tricked by what's coming out of them. John 13.35 says this, By this will everyone know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Some of the things I've heard, some of the things that have been said, are are, are way less than the Christ-like standards that Jesus was espousing. And, and, you you know, um, had people thought about it before responding with emotion, then maybe the outcome would have been a little different. First John 4, 7 and 8 says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. John seventeen twenty to 23 says this, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I can stand here all day quoting Jesus's words over and over and over and contrasting them with some of the behaviour that we've seen that's come out as a result of um, the pandemic and the consequences we find ourselves in. But our goal ought not to be to judge, because that too is equally wrong. It's easy to say, well, Monique did this, yeah, no, no, no. But, but by saying that, I'm actually judging her, which puts me in exactly the same place. Yeah. A- and what the church ought to do is express itself in love, not only to one another, but to the world around about us. That's the way we're going to have the greatest impact, and that's what's, that's what's important. Question We've got to ask is what's going on inside of a person that triggers this sort of behavior? Why are people responding as they're responding? It's not because of COVID 19, but it's because of the whole package that's gone with it. You know, as a, and some of you may not have heard yet this morning, but in Perth there's a security guard that's tested positive and he lives with seven people and two of those have tested positive. So there'll be announcements later today. We don't know whether Perth is going to go back into a lockdown or not and uh, the consequences of that. But let me make some comment about that. People will say they shouldn't lock down or they should lock down. Do you know what? We don't have any choice. Well, we're not the ones making the decision. Whether we agree with it or we don't agree with it doesn't actually make any difference. So don't waste your time and effort trying to debate it. People go, oh, well, they shouldn't do that. And I say, oh, who cares? I can't change it. Uh, Are they doing the right thing or the wrong thing? Well, I I, I don't know whether they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. But my assumption is, and this is an assumption that I make for everyone, is that they're trying to do the right thing. It's better to assume people are trying to do the right thing unless they're clearly criminal. We need to move forward on the things that we can move forward on and let go of some of those things that we can't resolve ourselves. Some of the things that happen are not in our control. Let me talk for a moment about the vaccination and, uh, and some of those things. There's all sorts of different vaccinations, three or four or so. Apparently because of my age, um, I should take one or not the other. Is that how it works? Or some people are saying, well, I'm not going to, it's not as bad now, but earlier on people are saying, you know what, don't take the vaccination. It's got nanobots in it and that, you'll be able to be traced. Somehow, some way, it goes from the, from the injection, the little nanobots run around on the inside of me and they can trace me and find out all sorts of things. What they'll find out is I probably eat too much sugar. Um, <laughs> I drink Coke when I shouldn't drink Coke. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that don't really matter, that they might find out if that was true. Um, we've had vaccinations for, for a long time. I was going to say for centuries. I don't know that it's for centuries, but we've had them for decades. And, and, and it's true, and, and again, this is my personal opinion, everyone needs to get the advice of their local doctor with regard to the vaccination, Uh, Because, you you know, people, everyone's different. Some have health issues that need to be taken into consideration. But it's not the mark of the beast. And some people have been saying it is. Well, do do you know, I have a problem with people saying it is. Do you know why? Because God, who is our Lord, is our saviour. Don't you think he would give us adequate warning if it was? Since the, since the time that Jesus left the earth it's been the end times. That's clear, it's biblical we understand that. What we don't know is when Jesus will return and if you think you've got that down pat then clearly from according to the scriptures you're wrong. People will say well we know it's the end of the world look what's happening la 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 la. You, you've done no study of history. There have been worse times in history than this. I want to take you back to the last, and I skipped a bunch of stuff, but that's okay. The last time we had a, a pandemic like this, most of you already know about it, Spanish flu in 1918. There's all sorts of reports that said it lasted from February 1918 to April 1920. It affected 500 million people, about a third of the world's population at the time in four successive waves. The death toll is typically estimated to have been between somewhere between 20 and 50 million people. Some people say it was only 17 and then there are others that say it was 100 million. It was the most deadliest pandemic in the world. Now, think about this from a Christian point of view. The Great War is just concluding. You, you can imagine that was that was an enormous shock, and you know when you when you read into what Jesus says in, in the Gospels, you can begin to think the end is near, because you've got the right great war, and then you've got this worldwide pandemic, which was way worse than what we're experiencing, uh, certainly in terms of death. And, and and so Christians were all thinking, oh no, this is terrible. Jesus is coming back. I'll get to your thoughts about that in a few moments. But what we've got to understand is the world we live in today doesn't compare to the world that they were living in 100 years ago. We are way better off than than the people that were living in that time uh, were. And they had a whole lot more reason to fear. It followed up, you know, the the, the Great Depression through the 30s. Stock market crash in 1929. Those people, and then they headed into the Second World War. And some of you are old enough to remember that. I won't say who, because I'll get myself in trouble. And and so if you think about just part of our history, you think about that and you think, well, if if ever there was a time that if you calculated it up that you thought Jesus was going to return, it would have been during those times. they have been hit with one thing after the other. And, And the reality is... For whatever reason, Jesus didn't return at that particular time. Why don't you take a moment and think of younger people that are sitting around you. Someone who's 25, that means they were born, what, 1997? <laughs> 95? Yeah, well, they could be 26 by now, Mitch. But you're a primary school teacher who teaches kids maths, so you probably got it right. Right. <laughs> Now, now, if you could wipe out your experience and your history and think about someone who's born just then. All they've heard for the last 20 years or so is we're in the middle of a climate crisis. What they see is a bunch of older people who control the world, not caring about the climate crisis, but all they've been fed since they've, since they've started school is we're in the middle of a climate crisis and old people, all they love is coal. Is that right? Old people love coal, they love gas, they love oil. And the young people are saying, but we're being told that you old people are going to kill us all by continuing to drink petrol and oil and whatever else. And I know it sounds funny, but you don't understand how you've been shaped. If you're older than 25, you've lived through a lot more than someone who's 25. And I'm not saying because you lived a long time that you're better. I'm not saying that at all. But the key message those younger people have been receiving about the climate makes them stronger and more determined to act for the sake of the well-being of the countries in which they live. But not only that, they're in the middle of this crisis as well none of us have lived through something like this before, but they 've got less resilience than we have. Do you, do you see resilience comes about as a result of overcoming? Uh, you, when you overcome something, you become more resilient to it. You, you gain a different perspective, a different understanding. And what we need to understand is there are people all around us with differing levels of resilience. Their perspective, their faith in God, the, the, the things they've gone through, the things they've overcome, the things that have defeated them, all impact on someone's resilience and their perspective. And I want you to think about that for a moment and, and let it adjust your behaviour for those around about you. Because ultimately, as I read before, if we're Christians, it's love that we should be known best for. Our understanding, our tolerance. If there's a pandemic that we're experiencing that's greater than COVID-19, it's a pandemic of fear. What's going on in, a, in the hearts of people is fear. Fear responds differently in different people. For one person who's scared, they may become depressed. For another person who's scared, they might become an activist. Fear works its way in all of us in different forms. Some of, some of the people around about you, their fear will drive their social media uh, contributions and it might be aggressive, it might be nasty, it might be upsetting. For others, they might withdraw, want to run away, want to hide. But there's a pandemic of fear and we need to understand I want to read to you from Ecclesiastes 1.9, it says this, What has been will be again, what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. The conspiracy theories that you read about contribute to fear. They, they, they live off fear. If, if you believe something, whether it's true or not, and you're scared of it, then it gets control of you. You know, there are some people that lock themselves away, and maybe for health reasons that's, that was a wise thing, but there are others that are perfectly healthy, locking themselves away, fearful of what potentially could happen. Fear destroys people. 2 Timothy 1 7 says this For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Forget power and forget love for a moment, a sound mind. God has given you the ability to reason. He has given you the ability to think clearly. He's given you the ability to to weigh up right and wrong. And too often, what happens is fear comes in, and our ability to weigh up is discarded, and we just react. And when we react like that, when we lose control of our thoughts, what happens is we begin to get destroyed by this pandemic called fear. Philippians 4.8 says this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Guy writing from prison. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Too often what happens is when fear grips us, we don't think of those things that Paul is writing about. And, and let's understand Paul was not in a in a favorable position there. He's not, he's not laying back on a you know on a lounge at a beach somewhere enjoying the sunshine. He's going through one of the most difficult things he would have faced up until that point. And he's speaking to people and he's saying, control what you think. Focus your thoughts on these things on not on whatever else is going on around about you. And if I've got an encouragement for you today, it's this. It's find a way to overcome your fear. You may say, well, I'm not fearful. Uh, you, you, too often we equate fear with quivering. Fear works as a motivator for action. And you may say, well, I'm not fearful. But we can tell whether you're fearful or not by your action. Fear is not the opposite of courage. Because courage isn't an antidote to fear. Fear is something that envelops you, controls you, it speaks to you. It it, it rearranges your priorities. It, It does you damage. And and the Bible is really clear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. We know where fear comes from. The enemy wants to create fear in you. Conspiracy theories create fear in you. I I know about all the conspiracy theories. You know what my response is? Who cares? That's not going to scare me. I refuse to be intimidated by the the things that people say. I refuse to be controlled by what people say. And it's not, it's, it's, there's no bravado in that. You know, my trust is in God. And do you know what? If the vaccine has nanobots inside of it, as long as they don't make me itchy, <laughs> if somehow, some way, there's something that means I meet my maker quicker than I, I would have expected to, well, I'm ready to see him anyway. Our, our approach needs to be not one of being controlled by circumstances, but one of being under the authority of our Lord. Of course, we need to exercise wisdom in the way that we go about life. We need to exercise wisdom in the way that we uh, uh, listen to some things and, other, uh, and, and not listen to other things. But let me say this, don't allow fear to control you. Don't allow it to manipulate you. Don't allow it to intimidate you. you Last week, 25th of April, Anzac Day, what we did was we respected those who gave their lives on our behalf. Some of us don't know anyone, or if we do know someone, they're they're long-distant relatives who have given their lives in service for their country doesn't change the fact that I would like to think the majority of the country show their respect to those who have served in the armed forces. And we ought to do that, and I encourage you to do it just as we did last week. But as a Christian, we ought to also respect one another in the midst of the challenges that each other face as well. We ought to say with confidence Courage. that we support one another, that we respect one another. Some of you are gripped by fear by what's been going on. It doesn't take away our feeling or our emotion for you. We want to support you. We want to encourage you. But we also need you to take control of your thoughts, as Paul says. Don't let them grip you. Don't let it control you. Of course, wisdom is needed in every single circumstance that we face. Don't let wisdom go out the door in this circumstance either. There are times where fear is appropriate. And where it it still requires a response. And what I'm thinking is this. Do you know, if a lion comes in here, a hungry lion comes in here, do you know what? I'd be fearful because there's impending doom. The only advantage I have over most of you is this, is I'll run faster. I don't have to be the fastest runner, I just have to run faster than the slowest runner. Sorry. So while there'd be an element of fear, there's confidence knowing that I'd get away anyway. We'd pay our respects later. Do, Do you know, fear is useful in a circumstance like that but you know none of us are in a circumstance like that there's a cloud of fear that's been created by what's going on in our world and it's not just covid-19 it's a whole range of other things as well what we need to do is return to the bible to the word hear what god has got to say and then apply it to our lives do, do you know too often We learn about what the Bible says, but we don't learn what the Bible says. Many of you, you know your Bible well, but you never learned what it said. You've learned about what it says, but you never learned what it said. And in the midst of a difficulty, in the midst of a trial where we're encouraged not to worry, what we're actually doing is we're worrying flat out. And yet the Bible says we ought not to worry. You might know what it says, but what you've got to do is learn what it says. Apply it to your life so that you can live the sort of contented life that Jesus had in mind for you to live. And contentment isn't based on circumstances, not based on everything going according to your plan. But it's an inner confidence that is derived from the fact that Jesus is our Lord and He's our Saviour, that He's on our side. The Bible also says that God works all things together for good for those who are called called according to His purpose. That doesn't mean there's a guarantee that everything will go well with you. There is a a, a long history of martyrs who stood up for their faith. God worked all things together for good for them as well in that finally they got to meet their maker. Let's not let fear dominate our thinking. Exercise wisdom. This is, this is the end times. But, but we need to understand if you read the Bible, you can't take one part and not the other. And there's one critical component. Jesus said he won't return until the to his word is spread across to all nations. And there is a, it's called the Joshua list. There's a list of people groups that are yet to have the gospel preached to them. And I'm not saying, God can come at any moment, at any time. So I'm not in, in any way suggesting that you, uh, that I'm, you know, I'm wiping that out. I'm not saying that, but the Bible is clear. that He won't return until His Word is preached in, to every people group. But let me say this, death is also imminent. And God forbid that it takes place, but you know, any one of us could have an accident this afternoon and we get to meet our Maker. The question is this, are you ready? Don't let fear dominate your life. Just be ready. There's going to be a wonderful reunion for us all when we get to be with Him. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Use your mind to weigh things up. And to make decisions in line with what the Bible says. Apply what you've heard in your own life so that you can have contentment and peace as you live in this life. I know people have got many questions about what's going on. Don't don't be fearful. We've gone through many other things. We'll go through this. God will win. And while you stay with Him, you'll win also. Let Him speak to you and bring peace and calm. Will you stand together with me this morning? I'd like to lead us in prayer. Father, I pray this morning that You would move by Your Holy Spirit upon each and every person in this congregation. Whether here together in this room or whether watching this online, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would bring new confidence and faith. And that where there is fear, that you would give us the wisdom we need to, to destroy that fear in Jesus' name. Give us sound minds so that we can weigh up carefully what's going on around about us. And then to respond appropriately, confidently, knowing you've called us to be overcomers. Father, we know that there are many people around in our nation making decisions not only for us but sometimes against us. Sometimes we don't know what their motive is and we're not sure what they're trying to achieve. But may we conduct ourselves with respect to those around about us, to lift up those who need to be lifted up, to encourage those who need to be encouraged, to nurture where that's appropriate, so that together, Father, we can experience the blessing and benefit being in a relationship with you. Father, I pray today, touch us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.